du lyssnar på en podcast från Expressen. Fler poddar hittar du på expressen.se-podcast och på iTunes. Okej, ny podcast med mig, Magnus Nyström, sitter framför en legendarisk NHL-spelare. Han heter Ray Ferraro, hunnit fylla 50 år, men han spelar 1200 NHL-matcher ungefär, numera expert på TSN. Very welcome, Ray Ferraro. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I just told him that you had a long and good NHL career and you started up, a great NHL career. You started up in Hartford Whalers with a fellow Swede. I think we should start talking a little bit about Ulf Samuelsson. Well, Ulfie um, and I were drafted the same year, uh, 1982, and... Um, Hartford had, you know, had come from the World Hockey Association and and wasn't a very wasn't a very good team. But the year before they drafted Ron Francis, who eventually went into the Hall of Fame. The next year in the third round they drafted Ulf. They drafted Kevin Deneen in the fourth round and myself in the fifth round. It was a pretty good draft. Yeah, and you know I mean it's like now you look, you know, you draft these 18-year-old kids and who really knows. But in Hartford we all hit yeah. and so within four, within two drafts there was Ron Francis and us three yeah. and the first and you time you played over a thousand games I think. oh yes yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah you did yeah, yeah. and um, the first year I or the first time I saw Ulf was uh, we were 20 and uh, he was at his first camp and um, you know didn't know anything about him and um, found out in in a hurry that he plays differently than what we had you know cuz you have to remember that was 25 years ago yeah. almost you know so our thought was that the this the european players were yeah. were not very physical yeah. that you could push them around and i and i think Ulf knew that yeah. you know like he wanted to fight that a yeah. little bit and so we got sent to the american league and so a lot of people probably don't know this but when we were in binghamton um Ulf started a brawl it was the end of one game yeah. and we played the same team a week later and Ulfi had gotten his stick up and cut somebody on the other team so in warm up of the next game they came flying down to our end to during get during warm ups during warm up oh yeah nobody we weren't wearing helmets right no. we were just warming up yeah what we noticed was they were wearing helmets aha okay bad bad idea for us so when i turned around there was a pile on top of Alfie behind the net and this I, i'm not exaggerating this brawl lasted probably 40 minutes oh wow um the police came it was yeah, i remember stories about it this was crazy because it's, the police really came out on the ice right with the police dog <laughs> with the and police so, dog so i don't know what this dog was going to do but he was scratching the ice you know he's sniffing he was yeah. a dog right yeah. i don't know what was he going to do yeah. and everyone kind of looked like i don't know what he's doing but Ulfi was as tough uh, a teammate as I played with. Yeah. He was as mean as as anybody that I played with, and I I loved being a teammate. I didn't especially like playing against because him because you did that a few times. Also. Because yeah, because I you know he got traded to Pittsburgh yeah. and I went to the Islanders, and one of the first games I don't know which you know wasn't the first game but. Yeah. Um, 
I was in front of the net and he just he buried me yeah. and I mean we played together for seven years yeah. and it was you were not friends anymore no not on the there teams. Yeah. not there yeah. and so now all these years later you know um, I have a son who is 23 and he played his he's he's been in the American Hockey League yeah. for a couple of years he's called up and has played for Detroit yeah he's played for Detroit yeah. and you know Ulf's, Ulf's kids are are making their way and yeah. they're close yeah. too and it's it's pretty neat. Like, you know, the other day, or last, I guess two months ago, I was in an airport and I ran into his wife. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's like, it's hard to believe all these years have gone by. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it, we're, we kind of keep crossing paths. He's he's a terrific guy. Yeah. He, he really is. Yeah. I, I think, I believe strongly, I mean, especially now when he's an assistant coach with a Ranger, that he's going to be the first Swedish head coach in the NHL. Do you agree that? What's he, your take on him as a coach? He, he wants to. Um, I know he interviewed um, a couple of times. Yeah. Um, you know, when he went back to Sweden, it was to to run his own bench. Exactly, and have be a head coach. To be, because yeah. it's, it's clearly different. I yeah. mean, you can... It's like anything. If if you're not sitting in the most important chair, yeah. you can make those decisions, but they don't really count no. until no. you're in the most important chair. Yeah. And the better the Rangers do, yeah. the better it is for for Alf, yeah. um, because he's working with a fantastic head coach in Alain Vigneault. Yeah. Um, Alain was in Vancouver for seven years, where I live, so I saw him up close a lot. And I don't know who would beat Alf. Mm-hmm. to be the first head no, coach from no, Sweden true. and I know he wants it yeah. and he has always always been extremely driven yeah, yeah. to, to, to really get serious about the game yes really, which yeah. which is kind of in contrast to the way he is <laughs> <Yeah>. because he's, <laughs> he's goof he's yeah. goofy yeah. you know he, there were so many things and so many times over our time in Hartford you know because we were all the same age we yeah. were all doing the same things and no matter what somebody did, Alfie did something a little goofier, a little different, a little... There are know, some stuff you can't tell publicly. Of course, right? yes. <laughs> one night in Quebec City, though, here's yeah. one night in Quebec City, we were we were down by a goal, and uh, Peter Stastny got a breakaway on the empty net, and he passed it to Anton. So Anton had the breakaway, Anton yeah. Stastny. And Ron Francis and I were kind of at the Quebec goal line, yeah. starting to skate back, and then you, you see, you know, he's going to yeah, score in the empty score, net. Yeah. So... Ulfie threw his stick, and then he threw a glove, and then he threw another glove, and Ronnie and I just broke out in laughter because here was one of our players, he had no equipment left. No. And I don't know what he was thinking, I don't know, but oh, we had, like that was just one example of, yeah. of the stuff he did, but I, I think Ulf, the biggest challenge for a European coach yeah. will be to get into the interviews mm-hmm. and, and show your grasp of the game and how to handle a bench in the interview because I think once he gets behind the bench it doesn't matter where you're from no exactly Uh, but you've got to be enough of a salesman uh, to get through the interview uh, and I I I think Francis has a boss down there yes and so you know they hired a man Bill Peters this past year and lots of people thought that that all was going to come in might go there and the connection doesn't end no Though you know, like for example, Joel Quenville's the head coach in Chicago, and Joel, also former teammate. Are you guys yes, in Hartford? Yeah. And his assistant coach is Kevin Deneen. Yeah, from the Hartford. You, yes, you. <laughs> that team in Hartford. This is. It was a pretty special group. Uh, we were a good uh, team to start with, but now I'm going to forget somebody. But 
Ron Francis is in management. Uh-huh. Mike Leud is an agent. Ulfie uh-huh. um, coaches. Dave Tippett coaches. Joe yeah, Quenville coaches. Also, yeah. Steve Weeks is a goalie coach. Kevin Deneen's a coach. Um, maybe the problem was we had too many coaches, not enough players. I don't, I don't know. It could have been. <laughs> yeah. We have to talk to some of, uh, of your other Swedish teammates you have over, over the years. You played for the after Hartford. You went to Islanders, the Rangers, the Thrashers, and then St. Louis Blues in the end. Yes. And you played with, for example, Tommy Salo, Tommy yep. Söderström, Niklas Sundström, Matthias Nordström in L.A., yep. and Johan Garpelnub, uh, any of those guys that uh, you... Well, Matty Nordström, well, I'll, I'll start with Matty Nordström yeah. because another one of my all-time favorite uh-huh. Swedish teammates. And... One of my favorite teammates, aside from the fact that, you know, we're talking about Swedish yeah. players. He's doing TV like you know. Like yes. Like, yeah. And he's going to work, I, I believe he signed um, with LA's management to do some work with the Kings. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, Maddie and I got traded from uh, the Rangers to Los Angeles together. Uh, you were traded together. And we were, everybody thought, what are they doing? Like, yeah. why would they trade Maddie? Yeah. And in a sense, he wasn't different than Ulf. No. Except he was just nowhere near as crazy. <laughs> but he was, I mean, tough. Penalty kill, block shot, skate, transport the puck. I mean, Maddie was a, an ex- he was a teammate you could set an example with and, and say to a young kid, I want you to be like Maddie Nordstrom. Um, he, he, was a, he was a terrific player and teammate. Nicholas Sundstrom was another one of my favorites in New York. I always thought Sonny had more offense mm-hmm. to his game, but they brought him to New York when he was so young. Mm-hmm. I think it was easier for him to be comfortable to just check, and I think that hurt him in the long run because he's a, he was very smart, really good skater, terrific kid. Like he was, I mean, he was living in New York City. He was 18 years old. I, I think he probably had a pretty good time. Yeah, I think so too. Um, when I got to Atlanta, we had... Garpy, yeah. Johan Garpenlov. Yeah. Um, he was one of our veterans. We were a terrible team. Yeah, in the beginning, that, that's oh, when that franchise started. Just started, yeah. first year. Yeah. But Garpy was one of the guys, like one of the older guys like myself. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I run into him when he's doing his thing for, yeah. for the Federation. And um, super nice, super yeah. nice guy. Had some really good years in San Jose. Yeah. But we also had uh, Paris Vardvedit. Yeah. And Andreas Carlson. And Andy Carlson. We called... Now, are you familiar with um, uh, the TV show Seinfeld? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we called Carlson Kramer. Oh, really? Yes. (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah, because Andy... Andy Andy is Kramer. Yeah. He really is. He... Sometimes he would be late or get lost or... But that was just Andy. Yeah. And Pear was always the most organized guy. Yeah. And... um, those two guys actually played on a very good line with a Finnish kid, uh, Tommy Callio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I always thought the three of them should have been able to do better. Like yeah. Andy was big and strong, yeah. Pear so smart, Tommy yeah. was very skilled. Yeah. But Tough times I, with a new team also. Oh, and we were yeah, so yeah. bad. Yeah. We, were, we won 14 games out yeah. of 80. Yeah. I, that first season? The first year. Oh, my God. I, I just ran in. I, I, when you, it's almost like being... You know, uh, a building falls on your head, yeah. and and you are kind of the survivors. Yeah. Well, I ran into a couple of teammates from Atlanta over the last few months, and yeah. we always just break out into laughter about all the crazy stuff yeah. that happened. Yeah. And I'm sh- like, I remember, I don't know why I remember this. Pear had a hat trick one night in Boston, yeah. and 
I mean, Perry didn't score very much, no. but he got three goals. One. Yeah. We're like, how did, how did that happen? <laughs> so they they were all... Now, again, not, and I'm going to say this, in it, and I know people might think, oh, because we're doing this, the shows in Sweden, yeah. but I say all the time in my broadcast, there are no European teammates that I would rather have than the Swedes yeah. for, for many reasons. One, um, their grasp of English makes it easy. Yeah. Um, they're incredibly nice people, generally speaking. Yeah. They know how to play. Yeah. Like I don't know whatever they do there <laughs> they when do they coach. Good, yeah. the, the guys come and they know how to play. Yeah. And they're coming from a system and a rank size that's not familiar. Yeah. Yet they have such a great grasp of what's of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And and they just they just fit. It's just easy for them. Now maybe it's not easy. Maybe it's harder than I know. But they always seem to be really comfortable. They really seem to fit no. and and there if it, there wouldn't we, we have a joke the list of bad Swedes yeah. that we know it's a very short list yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, we don't even really know if there's anybody on it yeah. Yeah. but it's so it makes them it makes the it opens a door for them yeah. for the young Swedish players to come in now my son's in Detroit and yeah. of course they're, there's, there, there's, yeah. they're all over the place there yeah. and so I got to know Gustav Nyquist a little bit because they were in Grand Rapids in the American League. They're all the same. They're all, they all are good guys. They all want to win. They, they understand that it's hard because a lot of the Europeans, I think, come and don't realize how tough it's going to be because there's no 40-game schedule. And if you go to the American League, you're on a bus for 76 games. It's a different world, of course. It's a completely different world. It's good to hear you don't have a bad list, but how about the best list? I mean, that's a debate that's kind of going on. Like, we have Matt Sundin, yeah. like best of all time. Yeah. We have Peter Forsberg, we have Nicholas Lindstrom, we have some great guys from, from earlier days, like Boris Salmi yeah. and those guys. Who would you put on number Peter Forsberg. One? You put, okay. I, Peter Forsberg's one of the best players I've ever played against, uh, ever. Um, and so I played against Wayne Gretzky. I mean, he's he's way up there, yeah, he's right? Way up there. <laughs> um, Mario Lemieux, um, Joe Sakic, uh, Raymond Bork. Um, Peter would be in that group. He's in there, yeah. He. It was such a shame that he got hurt so much. True. Because when Peter played in health, there was really nobody like him. There wasn't because. He played like he was 235 pounds. He, I mean, he if he couldn't go around you, he just went over top of you. Yeah. The first time I ever saw that reverse hit, yeah. he got me in New York. Oh yeah. I didn't know who he was. You yeah. know, I mean, he's a young Swedish guy, and yeah. I went to check him. It was in the corner, right in front of the Zamboni. I know the corner. Yeah. And right when I got there, he stepped back into yeah. me, and knocked me right off my feet. I was like, "What was that? <laughs> what the heck happened?" Yeah. So, you know, when I was. I, When I was a kid, you know, Boria was the guy, you know, and to do what he did, when he did, like the 70s were not kind to European players. No, that's for sure. And everybody wanted to fight him, and he did it. Um, Nick Lidstrom, I always found to be incredibly frustrating to play against because he never really hit you. No. He wasn't really fast. No. He wasn't super strong. No. It's just you'd be going down the ice, and then all of a sudden he had the puck, and it was going back the other way. Yeah. 
Like he was so smart. And, and to the point of, you know, where, where Detroit's made the playoffs now 24 straight, 25 straight years. Which is amazing. It's amazing. You, I think the next is eight. Yeah. <laughs> but what they've been able to develop from Steve Eiserman to Nick Lidstrom to Pavel Datsuk to Henrik Zetterberg, now to the next group of leaders that are coming along, is you learn the right way to do things. And, you know, I know from my son, who was 18 years old, and at training camp for the first time, he's on the ice with, with Henrik Zetterberg and Pavel Datsuk and Nick Lidstrom. And if those guys were going to stand on their head, yeah. he was going to stand on his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so... Talk about role models. You know, I mean, the yeah. Nick's nickname, of course, it, you know, is... This is the perfect human. Yeah, and 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 you're. I don't recall. Like I'm, I don't recall bad penalties. I don't. No, I'm sure he no. took one. Yeah. I'm sure he made a turnover. Yeah. I don't recall any no, of them. I know he was. He was yeah. just. So those would be, for me, you know, like Matt Sundin was a fantastic player, mm-hmm. but I have Forsberg at the top. Yeah. What yeah. Borea Salming did, at the time he did. Yeah. I have Borea there. Yeah. And then next yeah. I have Lidstrom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because. Like, like I said, he was just so smart, and so, and it was so understated. Yeah. You know, there was, there's never any, you know, come look at me. No, no. He, he was pretty much it. the rever- reverse. Yeah, it. he just yeah. kind of did it. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. How about this Swedish team? We have to talk a little bit about this World Championships as well, of course. Uh, what's your take on the Swedish team here? Really interesting in that you can see where the page is being turned, you know, from the Zetterbergs. To the younger players, yeah. um, you know, from unfortunately Johan Franzen, who's gone, you know, had all these concussion problems, yeah. and yeah. you know, so from that generation of players to Oliver Ekman Larsson yeah. and John Klingberg and Philip Forsberg, um, you know, a player that's been overlooked in North America, but finally punched through in Edmonton, Anton Lander. I yeah. think he's a really good player. Yeah. Um, so I look at these guys, and and then you know, there's Mika Zabanajad. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I get I do the World Junior Tournament, so yeah. so now I've seen, seen these, these guys, guys really when they were age. kids, yeah, and yeah. and they're still kids. But yeah. it's really interesting to watch and to know that the Swedes have more. Yeah. Like the page is going to turn. You know, as I said earlier, I'm not really sure how they do it, yeah. but the next group of players is is right on the doorstep. What I don't see yeah. is a goalie. Yeah. Yeah. And when I look at this Swedish team. I, d- I don't know who I would trust, no. you know, who, of the goalies, of the goalies yeah. you know, and and so sure you don't have Henrik Lundqvist, but beyond Henrik Lundqvist, I don't know who the next guy is, no. and and that's a that's a spot of a pos- the only position of interest to me that the Swedes don't have locked down, because I would say their blue line's probably set, yeah. you know I forgot Oscar Kleffbaum too, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so. Their blue line's probably set for a long period of time. They've got a great group of forwards. Like this past ju- uh, junior tournament, I got to look at Axel Holmstrom for yeah, the first yeah, time. Yeah. I have no idea He's how he lasted to the seventh round. Yeah. Like, I know he doesn't skate great. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look pretty. Yeah. But he gets to where he's going. He had a great playoff since we too. Yeah. But he's just good. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, how does Detroit get him in the seventh uh, round? That's like, pretty amazing. Detroit again. Detroit again. Like, <laughs> where were the. Where were the other 190 uh, picks in front of him? Uh, there's not 190 players better than Axel Holmstrom no, in that draft. That's for sure. So there's there's another one. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's always been 
you know, it's always been apparent that the the Swedes rely a lot on their homegrown guys too. You know, uh-huh. that play at home. And, you know, guys that have been with their national team for a long time, like Joel Lundqvist would be mm-hmm. an example of that. But they have so many players to choose from. Now, what if Jonathan Erickson was healthy, mm-hmm. or Gustav Nyquist was healthy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That could have been an even better. Team. Or Zabanajad was yeah. was available. Yeah. All of a sudden, the team changes. What if Eric Carlson said yes? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's pretty good too. Yeah, yeah he's okay. Do you, who do you think is going to have the best career out of Oliver Ekman-Larsson and Philip Forsberg? Who do you see to be the biggest? It's a difficult question. Uh, I will always default to the defenseman. Yeah. Because they're harder to find. Yeah. I think Forsberg's incredibly talented. He's, um, you know, the term smug. Yeah. Yeah. He's smug. Yeah. Like the way he plays. Yeah. He's like he knows he's good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I, translate it in Swedish real fast. That's freck. I'll back to your So. Yeah. See, I like that. Yeah. So, some people maybe look at it and they don't like it so much. Yeah. To me, you can't be great unless you are. Yeah. And Larson. Larson, Oliver Ekman Larson is like a ghost. Yeah. He's in he's in a spot and then he's gone. Yeah. And then he shows up over here, twenty yeah. feet late, you know, and you're like, How did he get there? Yeah. Like I would love to watch that power play with Eric Carlson and Oliver Ekman Larson on it. That'd be something. So I I will I will always default to the defenseman yeah. because they can play half the game. Yeah. Finally, I'm going to have to ask you, you're going to run away and yep. do a game here. Uh, how about the interest in Canada for the World Championships? I think mm. many people in Europe think that oh, they don't care in Canada about it, but they really do. It's hockey. And now it, you have yeah. Sydney Crosby on the team well, as well. Well, Sydney shows up, the tournament changes yeah. for, for people here and for people in Canada. Yeah. It just it just changes. Said, yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, two hours after his team was eliminated, he phoned Jim Nill, the general manager, and said, hey, do you have a spot on the team? Well, we can find one. It's, it's basically <laughs> the answer. I think we do. <laughs> we can find one. So the the tournament, the challenge the tournament has, of course, is that it's during the Stanley Cup playoffs. But the games are during the day. Yeah. So you can do both. So things. so you can do both. And yeah. it's what's surprising is, you know, Canada beat Germany ten nothing. There's a half a million people that watch the game. Oh really? Yeah. It was at ten in the morning. Like people That's have crazy. to work. Yeah. You know, it wasn't on a weekend. The hockey country. <laughs> That's yes, and so the tournament continues to get better and bigger. But what's really important is that when they play France, like they did today, the game was four three. That's important because nobody wants to watch ten nothing. No, and and so the the French. They hung in there. They had a couple of chances. It could have been different. But that's where the tournament gets better. Yeah, that's important. Okay, what's important you, uh, also now is for you to go up there and do I do have job. to do the yeah. game, yes. <laughs> I really appreciate it, Ray. Thank you very much. Awesome, that was fun. Thank, Thank you. You. Du har lyssnat på en podcast från Expressen. Ansvarig utgivare är Thomas Mattsson. Fler poddar hittar du på expressen.se-podcast och på iTunes.